0: welcome to the idp guys podcast this is going to be the week 11 standings video tonight my guest needs no introduction i'm bringing on axton harding axton harding is a ranker contributor for the idp guys he now works with gary van dyke and jake colhagen on the new segment Dirty O idp throwdown it's hosted by idp pros and the players network how you doing, Axe?
1: I'm doing all right, man. I'm just, I'm ready to get in here and start talking ball. Uh, we've this been talking a little ball leading up until this, but ready to get in here. Heck yeah. It.
0: This is going to be the first ever Axe Hunter podcast. Okay, and many more all to right. come, I'm hoping. Um, I'm really excited about this one. We got some smart mailbag comments. We got a great a great content uh, uh, IDP ranker in the house. So, like I said, let's feel free to jump in. Uh, you got an impressive resume, my friend.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. Not too extensive, but you know, I do my best. I love this stuff and I'm always looking to learn. So, you know, you, you, you've you been able to teach me, whether you know it or not, on a weekly basis, just listening to this stuff. So it's been fun to be on here. So
0: I'm, oh, always, I'm
1: always looking to pick brains
0: i'm glad to hear that because that's how we that's how we get better um so okay let me uh let me just give you some of the details of what we do over here uh for the audience too that's us listen on spotify um so my name is steve hungarter i my handle is the idp hunters i am a fantasy writer over at the Fantasy six pack and idp guys i'm also an ecr ranker over at fantasy pros so that's kind of going to be what we base our scoring on when we talk about this video. We're going to be doing it based on the IDP, the IDP um, um, ranking scoring system, um, which I'm going to show you guys on the screen here. So this is sort of what we're looking at, guys, when you see the scoring. Uh, solo tackles 1.5, assisted tackles 0. 0.75, tackles for a loss 2 points. Sack, sacks are four points, interceptions five, forced fumbles four, uh, fumble recoveries, four, defensive touchdown six, safeties two, pass defense
1: 1.5, and so on. Um, Axe, anything jump out to you in here that you see? Uh, passes defended are a little lower than what I typically play in my leagues to keep safeties and defensive backs relevant. We're usually looking at like three or more points for a pass defended. I even throw some... Uh, Uh, bonuses in for three or three or more not that i expect this to be that extensive but that's just something that kind of stands out to me the interceptions are five pass defended is one and a half
0: yeah and that's a good point too um you know when i look at it i kind of sit and i look at these tackles 1.5 and i look at the sacks at four okay Um just doing some quick math with you um 1.5 sacks uh i say four four points four point sacks So um, let's look at, I guess the record on sacks in a season is TJ Watt with 22, right? So if I was to do 22 times four, okay, that gets me 88 points, Mm -hmm. right? Let me do that, divide that by the tackle. Let's go 88 by 1.5. Okay, so 88 divided by 1.5, and that gets me 58 tackles on the air. So by context, let's look at this. Let's look at his scoring, okay? An average two-down Joe Smith, Joe Schmoe, the uh, linebacker, 58 tackles on a season, according to this, is equal to a guy that has a sack breakout season at 22 sacks. Do you see how this is overly inflated mm-hmm. and it, it gears towards the tackle?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I so noticed I, that
0: too. If I was drafted in this, I would definitely go linebacker heavy all day long and then look for some you know high upside guys later. But for us today, yeah, I'm going to be looking at a lot of a lot of tack. I'm looking for high sacks, or I'm looking for tackle savvy guys. So, so that's kind of where my thought process is whenever I look at that. Absolutely. But yeah, so anyway, that's our scoring. If you if you've watched these before, um, and like I said, I'm an ECR ranker. Um, now I'm going to tell you, Axe. I was a little afraid to look at this this week. I really was. Um, I had I had some good hits, you know, Boye Mafe being one of them. But I also had a big miss. I had me, I had Micah Parsons, I had him ranked as high as three. And I know looking in the mailbag, I know I'm gonna get a little bit of fuss over that. And I think I have Kyle Duggar in the top six as well. So I was a little afraid to look at the, the leaderboard this week. But without further ado, I actually hold oh, on, where's it at there, buddy? I actually finished fourth. I finished fourth on the week. So that just goes to show you, you know, if you're more right than wrong, sometimes you're going to still score well. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was fourth on the week. I missed by one point. And then season to date, which I'm pretty excited about, uh, currently season to date – uh, the rest of the season. I thought okay. So yeah, season to date, I'm the number two ranker. So
1: whatever you're doing is working, man. Whatever
0: going, <laughs> going with it. Let's just keep doing it. But yeah, I'm the number two ranker, and you know it, it's pretty tight. If you know some of these names up here, it's pretty uh, it's pretty competitive stuff. And uh, like I said, I'm just happy to be a part of this process. And I'm happy to show the audience what I do. Um, so mm-hmm. without further ado, you ready to kick it off? Let's get some defensive lineman rankings in.
1: Yeah, let's do man. So awesome.
0: So this uh this is a kind of a chart. I did this last week too. I'm just showing you this to convey a point. From left to right, this is every team in the NFL. And these are the sacks they gave up. You know, a poor offensive line usually generates sacks, right?
1: Uh anything yeah. jump out to you? Uh, Giants are heads and heels above the rest. <laughs> they are 54, like, what? They're almost 10 ahead of second and 20 ahead of third. The Jets are in third and have 20 less, have allowed 20 less sacks. That's insane.
0: I think where a lot of analysts fail though is that they do the work. And I love to put graphics and slides because it tells a story, but that's not the only story. So if I was to look at this alone, I would tell you the Giants, Commanders, Jets are the worst offensive line. Start them all day, you know, okay. That just shows us sacks. We don't know where those sacks are coming from. It could be blitzes, linebackers. It could be coming from anywhere, but it's a good ruler guy. It's a good gauge. So, what yeah. I wanted to do is I wanted to take that metrics and then I kind of wanted to kind of pull it together and just look at specifically defensive ends. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking at the defensive ends. And then I'm trying to look at these matchups, and that's kind of what I geared my rankings towards. I use a couple different metrics. Uh, The first metrics I use is I try to get a guy within a snap count of 60 to 80%. I figure if they're three down players, more likely than not, you'll see my rankings, they're all three down players, but more likely than not, they're there to make the the play. I also look for guys that generate lost sacks, and if I can't get that, I'll generate tackles. But this week alone, when I pull these stats up, and for the people that are listening on Spotify, I just pulled a random stat sheet up of the New York Giants. They are, in fact, the worst team to the defensive end, followed by the Atlanta Falcons, followed by the Cleveland Browns, followed by the Jets, followed by the Commanders, the Bears, Lions, Titans, and Ravens are middle of the pack at nine. Uh, I'm not going to read you the whole list, but those are the nine, eight or nine teams that I want to kind of focus on for, for, for the moment. I want to kind of focus on that, the Giants, Falcons, Browns, Jets, Commanders, Bears, Lions, and I'm just trying to create – I'm trying to create themes. I'm trying to see if, if in fact, that these guys here are actually the worst, you know, the worst teams in regards to uh, bringing in sacks and, 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 and putting my my players in the best position. Um, I just find stats like that fascinating,
1: uh, oh, yeah. now <clears throat> I'm, gonna I, I'm doing to... this. I do the same thing every week. I'm I'm always filtering uh, IDP points allowed by position, especially to make start sit decisions. I mean, when I'm I tend to draft heavy IDP in my, most of my leagues, so my benches are. Quite a bit more filled with IDP positions than they are offensive. I go a little thinner on the offensive side, but I like to make the decisions mm-hmm. whenever I'm, I'm starting my IDP lineup. So I'm looking at this stuff and trying to decide: okay, who's going to have the better matchup here? Who's going to have the better matchup there? I, I mean, you know, what teams are giving up what to? You know, just trying to put my my fantasy teams, like you said, in mm-hmm. in the best position to to score the most points. <laughs> so and, I, I love and looking at. That- let me ask you this. Who do you put – you got a lot of IDP players in your taxi or you got more offensive guys? Probably more IDP than I probably should have. Uh, my taxi is probably a little more balanced, but I generally have quite a bit of IDP.
0: My problem is I love players so much. Like I love their profiles and I love talking about them and so much. By the time they actually break out, it's like do I still even have them on the team, you know? So Yeah, more
1: often than not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But with the same theme of the sacks, because we kind of established the top five or six teams with the sack, right? Yeah. Um, for those for those listening on, on Spotify, I already said I think when you look at sacks, I'm on fantasy data. I'm on uh, the fantasy uh, what's the name of this ProFootballReference.com. a lot of place to get cheap stats. You know, you see that you see the same teams going on and on. But let's go over to uh, let's go over to hurries, okay? List kind of changes a little bit, don't it? Yeah, it does. I got, I got. You still got the Jets, Giants on there, but we got teams like Seahawks, Chiefs,
1: Eagles. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Chiefs, especially being at- one that's at the bottom of the of the sacks allowed list, so it's surprising to see that they have so many hurries. But at the same hey, time, man. Patrick is is un I mean, there's no comparison to his technique and how he gets, you know, he gets out of situations and uses his feet. I, In my opinion, he's one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league. I mean, just exactly. the decisions that he makes, every decision he makes, it has a purpose. It's not just because, oh, I got a 300-pound lineman on my ass, I got to run. It's, <laughs> he's got a plan with what he's doing and where he's going. So, you know, it kind of so, makes sense, but it's surprising to see. When you look at pre- pressures,
0: right, you just kind of hit it on the head. We have the same teams in that category. We have the Commanders, Giants, Jets. But look who appears. The Vikings, the Chiefs, the Browns are on the old list. The Texans appear. Carolina appears. Seahawks appear again. And you know what? A little bit farther down, the Bears type. So usual suspects, right? Except Mm -hmm. for the Broncos, Chiefs, and Vikings appear. So I think for all intents and purposes, I think we need to include them with our with our being mindful defensive linemen, because they're going to have opportunities to press and they're going to have opportunities mm-hmm. to hit.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, those those teams that are allowing so many pressures and hurries are essentially making mistakes, making mistakes on the offensive line. And, you know, not – although I, I was uh, hyping up Patrick Mahomes, eventually, right, you know, all of these pressures or hurries are going to get to him and there's going to be some sacks land. So these teams that are getting pressured and hurried all the time, just give these defensive lines more opportunity to finally hit home.
0: You're absolutely right. And, and for those that can't see my screen, you know, we're identifying the worst, the worst lines. But also, mm-hmm. like I said, the Chiefs and the Vikings, look at that and Broncos. We threw them in there, right? Okay, mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct. Yeah, they are letting a lot of pressure go to their quarterbacks. The difference is Mahomes is maneuverable. Josh Dobbs, maybe Kirk Cousins, they get out of the way of the play, right? Denver's mm-hmm. on here, too, which I find interesting. Uh, more on that in a moment. I'm going to show you a little bit more in regards to what I dug up on uh, on the Denver Broncos. Um, but I'd like to get the I'd like to get the list started here. And here sure. are the first couple names on the list. Okay, uh, Ax, how do you feel about these names? My tier one, and I'm just going to go ahead and read you some statistics. Tier one, I got number one Garrett, number two Watt. Number three, Crosby. Okay, let me just read you a couple statistics that I got for Mr. Miles Garrett. Okay, first off, we already know he's in a bloodbath this week. He's a rivalry game. Okay, next mm-hmm. off, Miles Garrett has a thirty percent win rate. I don't know if you follow win win raw win loss uh, uh, win rates. Usually, the average is eight to twelve percent. You have a good player, fifteen or higher. You have a really good defensive lineman. This mm-hmm. guy wins thirty percent of the time. And he's doubled 32% of the time. I say again, 30% of the time, and he's doubled 32% of the time. That's crazy.
1: That is crazy. I'd be with curious tackle, to know his uh his double team rate compared to last year with Zid with Zadarius Smith now on the other side. I'd be curious ooh, to compare the last couple of seasons and see how he's done. Cause he's been crushing it so far this year. And last yeah. year I know he had a hell of a year too. So 12, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He's up there.
0: He has 12 tackles tied for 51st assists he's got five that's tied for 43rd but again you know most of these guys you're making your money on the sacks he's got 12 that's first he's got forced fumbles at 41 uh you know miles garrett is killing it i i too would like to know what he did
1: last That, hey
0: that might be an article we might need to write what do you think
1: (laughs) there you go yeah yeah that would just kind of you know uh, you know add a little more traction to maybe uh how effective having a good pass rusher on the other side can be and I think when we get down to uh the year tier two we'll kind of dive into a little bit Mm -hmm. more of that with Nick Bosa because he's one of those guys that's uh just getting tons and tons tons and tons of pressure on the quarterback and he just hasn't been able to hit quite hit home but now that he's got someone on the other side you know we're kind of painting a little bit different picture I
0: find myself with these guys if I don't draft them their rookie year I usually don't ever get them because I'm so, especially in scoring formats like this, I've, I'm so linebacker heavy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just filling all those guys in. And you can get linebackers anywhere. You can get them free agency. You can get three down guys. They're next man up. But these guys here are the elite cream of the crop. So mm-hmm. kudos to you if you have them. Kudos to you if you have them. Um, Number two on the list is TJ Watt. 21% win rate. Double team 15% of the time. TJ's got 14 tackles on a season. That's 43rd ranked uh assist he's five that's tied for 43rd sacks 11 that's 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 tied for second place force fumbles fifth um now I don't know if I told you earlier Axe something I do when I'm comparing these stats I do it by position so when I say the guy is tied for second in sacks he's tied for second in sacks by defensive end I think that's relative Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely especially when you're going to rank by these positions yeah
0: yeah, if I said a guy had forty-seven tackles in a season, okay, whoop-de-do. But if I say he's a cornerback and he's got forty-seven tackles, that's a bigger deal. So that's you know, cool. that's why I kind of, I just to me, it just it tells a cleaner picture of these guys when you yeah. kind of break it down. Like here's another one. Here's Max Crosby. Okay, twenty-one percent win rate, double team twenty-two percent of time. It's another big stat. He gets there one-fourth of the time nearly, and he's doubled one-fourth of the time nearly. I was just about so, to
1: say that is the fact that he's got the stats that he does and he's up so high on these rankings. Yeah. And, and like we were saying earlier, no, he doesn't really have anybody on the opposite side. So the fact that he doesn't really have that help, but he's able to produce these stats just makes you wonder kind of where he would be if he did have an elite pass rusher off the off the other side. So, so check this out. Tell me what
0: stands out here. You ready? Solo mm-hmm. tackles, 36. Tied for first. Assist, 14th. Tied for first. Sacks, 10th, tied for fourth. Force fumbles, and he's got one tied for 16th. Can't win them all, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what's interesting about him and the other two is he gets it on tackles and he gets it on sacks, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like neat, kind of doing these rankings because you can kind of see where these guys pop and where, where they don't, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how I got tier one not going to beat a dead horse garrett watt crosby do you see it any other way
1: no man i i haven't looked too too closely at the matchups and how favorable that they are but they seem like a top three top three each week
0: i mean each week you can't really go wrong you really can't and and um, something i kind of want to talk about here the next guy on my list is daniel hunter um daniel hunter is simply short of amazing. Um, A lot of people don't really know him. I don't know if it's the market there in Minnesota. I don't know what the deal is, but this guy's been consistently good. You know what it might be? It might be the fact that he's been hurt. That's what I think. I think it's the fact that he's been hurt all this time. Um, Hunter, you're going to see a lot of the guys in my tier two, um, which, by the way, Hunter's for – Parsons is five, Bosa's is six, Hutchinson seven, eight is Maffe, nine is Allen, 10 is Reddick, 11 is Highsmith, right? But yeah. talking about Hunter specifically, when you see Hunter, okay, and just pulling up some of his stats there on the screen just to show you a little bit. Yeah, I see. He gets it with tackles. Him and Maffe are the only ones in this tier to get it with tackles. Usually with these guys, it's hit or miss. Either they're tackle heavy, like a. like like a Hubbard type or or their sack heavy with a Hendrickson. This guy has a great floor either way. It's just so nice to see that in a player that he gets it both either way, either way you're getting points with him every single week.
1: Yep. Seems like oftentimes with these defensive ends, it's either, uh, I mean, you either get a sack and no, and hardly any tackles or you just get a bunch of tackles and, those guys that can kind of break that barrier and give you a little more consistency on both ends are the guys that you really gotta, you really want on your team. That consistency is what matters. Like, you know, you don't need to win your fantasy matchups by a hundred points. You just need to win more than you lose, and so that's where the consistency plays in. You got guys that are able to get sacks on basically any given week, and when they don't, they're racking up tackles. That's a guy you can rely on week in and week out. And you're not playing these games of, oh, well, will he pop or not?
0: So let me let me show you about consistency. He's he's got 28 solo tackles tied for fourth. We just talked about his tackle rate. We got assist at 10 tied for ninth. Sacks, he's got 11, he's tied for second. Force phone. He's been leading third.
1: that category. He's been leading sacks pretty well all year long.
0: Yes. And you know what? With those um with those 11 sacks on the year, right? That was first in the league and like I said, he he's doing it. Um he also has, you know, more the most tackles for a loss with 14. That's yep. kind of like a stat. He's been
1: leading that people. one, too.
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a couple other things I want to look at with him that, you know, we talked about the tackle for, okay? All of these edge defenders, like I said, they're usually hit or miss. He's great with the win pass rate, too, at 14.7. It's above yeah. average. It's not killing anybody like the rest of these guys on this list. But like I said, when you compare that to the average lineman, he's doing pretty darn well. Okay. Um, you see the matchup this week. The matchup this week is against the Broncos. Um, I want to show you something. Do you remember earlier? Can you see my screen?
1: I see Danielle Hunter still.
0: All right. How about now? Oh, wait. Hold on. I gotta add it. I. I sorry. So how about now? No,
1: you're good. I see it now. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this. I want to show you something. I thought this was kind of cool. Okay. When I pull up allowed pressures on a team so we're gonna go offense real quick just bear with me there's a method to my madness i'm gonna pull up all the quarterbacks in the league okay when you go to qb allowed pressures look at all these guys you have the usual suspects sam howell commander go figure right zach wilson jets go figure jalen hurts does it to himself running around hey josh Mm -hmm. dobbs is on here isn't he Yep. vikings patrick mahomes chiefs bryce young all those people on that list we were talking about earlier right Mm-hmm. okay now all these guys are getting hit at alarming rates okay what I want to show you I'm in that eighty-eight APDP see this mm-hmm. over here this PR rate these pressures mm-hmm. this is on the quarterback this this stat here alone means the quarterback's holding the ball way too darn long okay and this yeah. thing is telling look who we got at number two
1: yeah Russell Wilson right up there
0: so CDAPDP, you didn't see that earlier because it's 108, mm-hmm. okay? It's yeah. it's bad, but it's not the worst. It's not like Sam Howell at 156. But look at this stat, and this is what I wanted to share, share with the audience. Russell Wilson gets get an alarming pressure rate of 108 all season, right? Mm-hmm. He is responsible for 27 of those, okay? If you take that away, 108 minus 27, the it's offensive line right yeah. isn't that bad, is
1: it? Yeah, you're exactly right
0: middle of the pack okay so what do we have here and this is you know thanks for allowing me to take that detour here but what do we have here we have a guy who likes to hold on to the ball way too long and you have a defensive lineman that's going to get you either way Uh Mm uh-huh so a little bit a little bit interesting that's why I wanted to take a little time with with Hunter uh I have him a little higher I think this week than a lot of analysts do I put him at four I'm more than okay I am more than okay with that. But that's where I put Hunter. Um, any thoughts, any questions on Hunter?
1: No, I think you've got him pretty well respectable at a awesome. respectable place, so I think that's great.
0: Okay. Now, speaking of not respectable, I told you I whiffed on Parson this week, right? Uh-huh. Okay. I got I to gotta own it. You know, a lot of people say you got to have amnesia with this kind of stuff, right? And I'm getting these questions from the mailbag. You see it on my screen. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, heck, let me get into Parsons. Solo tackles, he's got sixteens tied for 33rd. No one cares about this, right? Assists, six, tied for 30th. No one cares. Sacks, 8th, tied for ninth. Still nobody cares. Force fumbles, got 1, tied for 16th. Okay? Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you did what I did and whiffed on on, on Parsons this week. I know I did. I had him Probably high. I had him back. high as 3. Mm-hmm. I had him mm-hmm. high as 3. Apparently a lot of other analysts did too, Okay? But why did we do this? Why did we do this? (laughs) I don't know any thoughts. And, you know, I got called out for it. And you got sometimes you got to eat your chicken soup. Sometimes you got to just, you know, call it as it is. So here's the first question from the mailbag. Um, AATZ writes, so what happened with Micah this weekend? Would have expected something with how the game went for the Cowboys. And again, you're right. He played a terrible Giants team. Okay, so what did happen? Um, I actually thought this was a little sarcastic question, but it was kind of smart in a way. And it made me a better analyst because I wanted to actually look into this. So let's break this down. In the Giants game, Micah had four pressures. He also played off-ball linebacker more than he does. Uh, On on 39 plays, he played off-ball linebacker 10 of them. Okay, then there was a handful of plays where it did look like he was going to fake a pass rush, but instead he was just spying on DeVito, seeing mm-hmm. what DeVito was going to do, kind of faking him out. Uh, the rest of the defense did rack up five sacks. So it's probably in part because of the attention Parsons is drawn from the other team. I guess look at him as a decoy, if you will, you know. Uh, this is how it sometimes goes, guys, in IDP. You know, you could plan like a fisherman. I say this one all time Max. You could plan for the great weather, and if you have a thunderstorm come in, you, you you're not going to catch any fish, you know? So you got to kind of derive, you know, one player on a team. If, if the whole team is double teaming that one guy, um, I kind of think of Nick Bosa kind of like that too. You know, if you have a player that's getting double teamed all the time, regardless of the talent or the team game plans around him, you know, he's going to have weeks like this and you just got to be mindful. You just got to be mindful of that. You're, you expect that if you're playing
1: Parsons. Yep. I think Parsons is just one of those guys that is such a talented football player. The team can use him in so many ways as if he's just basically like a defensive Swiss Army knife. So I think when we're talking about in, in terms of fantasy production, it doesn't really bode well because he's not really in one specific place racking up a whole ton of stats on any given week. He's more just being in the right place at the right time to get the job done on any given play. He's more of your outstanding top of the line defensive player in real life. And I think people are just so ready and itching to get him to finally put some stats forward that we can, that we can really love an IDP. Like he was, I think it was, whether it wasn't last year or the year before in his rookie year. I mean, like I say, He's just, he's just kind of here and there and everywhere. He doesn't really play one spot on the field. He's just kind of floating around doing whatever the team needs him to do to get the job done. I mean, it ain't that the truth.
0: I mean, again, you know, I, I'm going back to high school football here, or, you know, even college. I mean, how often, more than not, the best player in the team is going to sacrifice it to the greater good of the team. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if they're spending – if the Giants are spending all their assets on on worrying about what Parsons is doing, why, I don't know, then, of course, everyone else is going to eat. So, more power to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Especially is- if your defense, if your team, the Cowboys, know – the quarterback is inexperienced or the other team is really just going to be primarily focusing on Parsons because he's the biggest playmaker. Like if you take your eyes off of him for a second, he will get a sack. So that's why teams got offenses has got to be, got to know where he is at all times. And if you move him around on the field, it's hard to anticipate what he's doing. And if he's dropping into coverage, if he's going to rush the passer, you know what I mean? So they use it to their advantage and it, it works well for the team. And, and, and you
0: know, um, that's a good transition to my next guy here. I wanted to introduce, you know, because I'm I'm more than okay with Parsons at five six. I got Nick Bosa. Um, now here's something that's kind of interesting to me. When you look at when you look at Nick Bosa this season, okay, um, it kind of tells a little bit of a story. Uh, let me just read it. Solo tackles 14, tied for 43rd. Okay, assists three, tied for 72. Sacks six, tied for 22nd. Force fumbles, one, tied for 16th. When you look at that, you're not that impressed. You're really not. However, I did predict the breakout last week because one thing Bosa does well, and this is kind of a funny story. I meant to to tell you this earlier. So I'm on the – if you guys listened last week, I'm on the pro football reference, and you see how my screen says 2023 defense? Mm -hmm. Last week, Ax, I accidentally had 2022 up, and I told everybody (laughs) – It was so funny. It was like I told everybody, oh, you know, Nick Bosa led the league in QB hits, and I felt bad about it. But you know what's funny? This just conveys my point all the more. Guess who leads the league in quarterback hits this year?
1: Yeah. The same guy, Nick Bosa at
0: 21. (laughs) In fact, he's going to break last year's stats. So it's kind of ironic it came full circle. Yeah, I made the mistake, but the sentiment was still there. Nick Bosa is killing it with the quarterback hits. He's not quite getting there, but when he gets there, holy cow is he getting there, and I'm going to tell you when to look for Mr. Bosa. Last week, the Jaguars, remember that pressure chart I showed you guys in the beginning? The Jaguars were doing that much like the Chiefs, much like the Vikings and the Texans. They were giving up a whole lot of pressure, and Lawrence was getting out of it. You have a guy like this who's a who's an animal. Who uh, Nick Bosa, by the way, 21% win rate, double team 26% of the time. You get a guy like this who's getting the QB hits, it's it's a dead it's it, it's a it's a it's a winner winner all week, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes the stats kind of lie to us. Yep.
1: Yeah. But- yeah, that's where like that's a that's a good point too. It's like a guy like Nick Bosa, you were saying, doesn't really have all the sexy stats, but uh I'm, when you kind of break it down a little bit more and you look at those quarterback hits, you look at the pressures, you look at the pass rush runway, he's doing all the right things and he's winning on his pass rushes, he's getting back to the quarterback, he just doesn't quite finish it off with that sack since the 49ers signed uh, Montez Sweat. Is that right? No, it it was Young. Chase Young. Jesus, uh, one of the two. Uh, He's actually got somebody on the other side now to distract the offensive line. So, you know, it's not like they can just keep an eye on Nick Bosa and they can let the other side kind of go. Nick Bosa has been getting the pressure. He's been getting there, but he hasn't quite been getting home until he finally got a pass rusher on the other side to keep offenses more aware of – both ends of the defensive line. And now that he's got somebody to help him distract a little bit of that uh, offensive line and just the movement within it, he's able to finally get that extra maybe half second that he needed to get to the quarterback. And it paid off in the first week just having Chase Young on the field. So I anticipate that these numbers will finally start to uh, transition more towards the actual stat categories instead of just plainly hiding or, you know, hiding in, uh, plain sight as just pressure rates and quarterback hits and everything like that. I think the rest of the season, he's got a good outlook.
0: I you, I couldn't have said it any better. Exactly. Yeah. The guy's been getting double teamed all year. The stats show it. And he's still getting there to the hit. He may be a second or two too late. Now he's got chase young in their site. And I don't know if the audience knows those two played in college together. So they know each uh, other. I didn't know
1: that. That's cool.
0: Yeah. It's a duo. It's a great mm-hmm. duo there. So, so there, so so expect good things, and I, and I think they were both top picks too, like 1.2-whatever picks. So, so, yeah, expect good things. Um, you know the same vein, my next player on my list is Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Same vein of a player. The stats, solo tackle 17, tied for 31st. Assists, he's got two. Okay, okay, tied for 94th. Okay, if you're playing him, you're just like the rest of these guys. You're hoping on a sack. He's got four mm-hmm. of them. Okay, that's tied for 43rd. And then uh what's he at yeah, force fumbles? He's got he's got one force fumble. Okay. So what do we what do we know about what do we know about um about Aiden? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you what I know about Aiden. Um, you know, last year as a rookie, he was the most, he was the most double teamed player out of all the rookies that were coming out. They were laying on him thick. Mm-hmm. Um, so so he was getting that full-blown treatment to the NFL before he came in. So no NFL edge rusher faced more double teams last year than he did. Uh, he was the most double-team player, period, let alone rookie. Uh, no more this year. They're kind of letting him go a little bit. And honestly, his numbers look, when I show you those stats, sometimes stats can lie to us. It looks pretty inconsistent as a pass rusher. But actually, you got to kind of expect that a little bit with younger players. Uh, They don't peak till they get older, like 26 or so if you're playing dynasty. But he does lead the league in 35 pressures. Like Mm -hmm. Bosa got the hits. This man got the pressures. And actual, PFF has him as a top 10 pass rusher, 90.2. He's just not quite getting there, much Mm -hmm. like Bosa before him. He just needs that big breakout game. He just needs to play one of these teams – where he's gonna get there, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all he yeah. really needs. Um, and again, four, he's got four on the season. Who's to say he gets a three sack game coming up? And then you know, he he bumps himself up in the rankings a little bit. But Hutch, any given week, I have him in seven, that may be a little low, but I mean, I'm waiting to see it. He's got the Bears this week. I can't stress that one enough. That's on our metrics, right? That's on mm-hmm. our chart, right?
1: And Justin Fields comes back too. So those those statistics are not necessarily skewed away from his play. They're still probably carrying most, most of the weight from his play. So uh and something I just want to jump in with while especially while we're on the uh-huh. defensive ends, uh, I'm not sure if you've mentioned it in the past, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in your fantasy leagues, there when a sack is stacked in points, you're not just getting the right. say four points for your stack, for your sack, you're also getting that point and a half for the tackle. And most yep. often sacks happen behind the line. You're also getting that point and a half for a tackle for a loss. So for the listeners that may be more casual players, I've kind of actually encountered this often enough with myself, just talking to your, uh, just to our subscribers in the IDP guys chat, uh, you know, just because there's there's guys throwing in their scoring and I'm like, okay, so 11 points per sack. They're like, where the hell did you read that? Excuse my French, but you know that cuz it doesn't read anywhere in their scoring so but that's knowledge that people don't really think about whenever you look at your players performances after a game go and look at it you'll you'll notice every time they have a sack tackle for loss there's a you know some guys will have one tackle a tackle for loss a sack and a quarterback hit all that stuff is getting added up and so your sacks aren't just plain worth the the price tag that it shows up there so you know in case you might not have known before it, it just kind of it when it when you Go into your leagues, it pays to know your scoring and know the setup and stuff like that. Because if the stack doesn't add up to a lucrative amount, then you may want to change your strategy and go, like you said, before a more tackle-heavy team.
0: So, you know, for this format, if you look at the scoring, they don't really have it. But um, and I told the audience, if you guys keep listening, keep turning, keep views, I'll do more of these. I have an actual idea for an episode upcoming. I want to do the basic, the top three different kinds of scoring formats. And you are correct, Axe, for for especially sack-heavy leagues. If I get four points a sack and then they give me a quarterback hit at one point, so that's five right now, right? Plus, mm-hmm. you forget, two the tackle for a loss. Let's say there's two there. So now my five-point play comes seven points. And then if you have yards on top of that, the average play is seven seven 7.5 yards lost in the NFL, six or seven. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how it is now. You add up all that stuff, you're looking at a seven, eight-point play every time they get a sack. Yeah. So, to your point, if I'm getting 1.5 points a tackle and I'm getting all that for a sack, this league becomes sack heavy. Mm-hmm. And you know what's neat about that? Some of these players I have ranked get moved down and some go up. Trey Hendrickson's a guy, he's a top 10 sack guy every week. And if he doesn't get that, he's in this, he's bottom 40. You know? Yeah. Opposite. Opposite of that, Wilkins Christian Wilkins is a tackle-friendly defensive lineman. Doesn't get you that many sacks, so it's kind of interesting that you threw that in there. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that comment. That was actually a good, a good, uh, a good comment for the listeners to uh, to hear. There. Um, moving on to the list here, we got we got Boye Mafe, my man Boye Mafe. Okay, he's a little bit different built than the rest of these guys on this list. Um, he is, uh, one of our favorite breakouts. Um, I hate, I hate to break the news to people. If you're hoping to pick him up on waivers this week, it's probably not happening. He's owned in 54% of leagues. Two mm-hmm. weeks ago, he was owned in like <clears throat> 14 or less, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've been beating that drum all year. Any thoughts on Mafe?
1: Uh, I've loved in the last couple of weeks, man. I was able to get in on him, uh, before he, uh, Really started showing out the last couple of weeks because I saw that, uh, you know, Chenna who went down uh, and then the uh, Seahawks signed Leonard Williams
0: for oh, yeah, the defensive
1: right. line. So I was, you know, I was, it was more just like a shot in the dark at the time. I was, just, it was just kind of one of those things you're just trying to try because I, every week I'm always looking to find the guy that's going to pop the next week. You know what I mean? I, I'm looking for, like you say, these pressure rates and things like that. And my face, one of those guys that always has a good pass rush win way he's got a good pressure rate although he doesn't get a lot of the snaps he's most of the season I think he's hovered around 40 or 50 percent uh but you know as of the last few weeks that just lends well to good opportunity guys with with great win rates and great pressure rates when they get opportunity chances are these guys have a great uh, even better chance or a boosted chance to uh to pop off so you know I was looking at, I was just kind of looking at him and saw some of those uh great statistics and uh, you know, it's just more or less crossing my fingers that Leonard Williams would be a good addition and actually help him versus take a position and hurt him. And luckily it paid off.
0: I don't know if you've seen that that tweet I did a couple weeks ago. Week one, mm-hmm. no sacks. Week two, injured. Week three, sack. Two QB yep. hits. Week four, sack. Week five, bye. Can't fault him there. Week six, sack. Week seven, sack. Week eight, sack. Four QB hits. Fumble recovery. Week nine, a sack. recovery. Fumble recovery. So... Last week, week 10, we thought he was going to be a top 10 guy. Boy, were we right. Five tackles, one sack again. That puts his total for the season with 22 tackles, tied for ninth. He's a tackle guy. I love it. Assists three, tied for 72nd. He doesn't like to share his tackles, does he, (laughs) Axe?
1: No, no, not at all, which is good. I love those guys that get great solo tackles. I love the solo tackle. That's that's a thing I look at, too, when I'm I'm going to pick guys up, is their solo tackle, right? You know, it doesn't necessarily – draw the line in whether I'm going to pick them up or not but it definitely tells a bit a little bit bigger story when you're looking at these guys if you're getting a guy that's getting five tackles but he's getting four of them are solo most games I'd much rather have that guy than a guy that might get seven or eight tackles but only one or two of them are solo so you know that's where like you said the stats can lie to us and Guys that mm-hmm. maybe are getting more – look like they're getting more tackles aren't getting as many fantasy points because most of those tackles are coming from assists. They're tackling with other players. They're not getting most of these good, valuable plays. And, and, and seven sacks in the guys. season,
0: and he didn't start starting to what, week three? I mean, come uh, on, that, Like I said, he's that, been that running
1: has- on like sub-50% snap share all year. So, I mean, just the fact that he's able to do what he's done is very impressive. Um back to the same um you
0: know hit or miss sack guys here. We got Josh Allen next. Solos, solo tackle 17. He's tied for 31st. Assist six, tied for 30th. Sacks nine, tied for seventh. Force fumbles two. Um, you know, he's kind of like once the main guys are off the board, he's good to look at, right? Mm-hmm. The last three games, I was looking at his snap count because I was kind of curious. 79%, 82%, 80% snap count. That's great for these guys. Again, our metrics is between 60 and 80. He's mm-hmm. hitting it. Okay? Yeah. Uh, last, And then he also has in the last three games 10 tackles, two sacks as well. He gets Tennessee this week. And what do we know about Tennessee? Well, I'll tell you what we know. They're a number eight best matchup for this guy right here. So we got, to recap, we got Josh Allen, number eight, Tennessee. Hutchinson, number six, Chicago. Crosby, number three, Browns. Sign me up for any of that. And Maffe, number 10, the Rams. See what we did there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, my next guy in the list, he's usually in everybody's top 15 somewhere. And I can take it or leave it. It's a son Riddick. He gets Kansas City, who gets the pressures. Okay. If you have Riddick, well, hell, I'll let you look at this. I'll let you look at the numbers here. Solo tackles, nine. I got nine tackles. Tied for 73rd. Sis 3, he's only got uh, – that's tied for 72nd. If you own him, it's because of the sacks. He's got 8, he's tied for ninth. Forrest Fumble's tied for 16th. So, again, he's not a Corvette. He's more like a Volkswagen. He'll get you home, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing exciting here. Just the idea is is maybe when I'm this far down the list punting and I'm already on, uh what, number 10, Reddick. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for hopeful players. I'm looking yes. for – I'm looking for maybe there's a metric, maybe there's a wrinkle in my scoring system that I can kind of beat with, and that's what I'm looking for with guys like that. Uh, any thoughts there?
1: No. I've got Hassan Reddick in one of my leagues, and honest to God, it's been – this year's not been fun to play him with because he started out super slow and I would set him and he then he got three games where he got a sack, so I put him in. And, of course, the next game he didn't get a sack. And then I set him on the bench for a few weeks and he gets some sacks, so I'm scared to play him now. <laughs> you know, I'm like that with him and this
0: next guy, number 11, I got Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. Now Mitchell Heigl writes, and this was a smart comment too, uh, yes and no, Highsmith eats when TJ is double teamed yes and no let me show you something mitch because i found this comment interesting and like i said when i see interesting comments i think it makes our audience better i think the whole audience could appreciate looking at a little bit of alex highsmith you can see my my screen correct
1: yep yeah you're good okay
0: when i pull up alex highsmith okay when i when i pull up his snaps by position Yeah, he gets 61 as a lineman, right? Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, all right. Let me get a little more details on that, okay? All right, what do I know about Highsmith? I know that every single one of his snaps comes from that right linebacker position, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's break that down a little bit, okay? Mitch, and thanks for the comment. Um, I know you've had a couple in here. I've been meaning to kind of go over some of these with you. So way to hang in there. Um, we're going to talk about Smith, OK? Hold that thought. So Alex Highsmith, seventy percent win rate, OK? He's just outside the top 20, OK? Yeah, he's a little bit deeper than that. Let me show you his numbers. When you first look at this, you're probably going to think spotty, OK? Um, solo tackles, 18, tied for 27th. Assists, 12, tied for 5th. Sacks, 5, tied for thir- uh, 31st. Force fumbles, 2, tied for 5th, OK? So to the untrained eye you may be thinking that you may be thinking he's spotty, maybe he's hit or miss, maybe he only gets it when you know, you know when TJ's getting double teamed. But not necessarily true. His season looks respectable, but it's nothing to write home about. Here's the killer though. Here's the thing. He's got five sacks and he's got two forced fumbles. When you look even deeper into the metrics, look at what I'm showing you guys on the screen right now, okay? He's 14th among edge rushers with a passing grade of 87.6. He's got 24 hurries. He's a top 21 in the win pass rate. But here's the killer, okay? He plays from that right linebacker position, okay? What do we know about that? What that means is, unlike TJ, who plays from he plays from the other side, right? Alex Highsmith faces the premier pass rusher on every single team. Every single week, he's getting that left tackle, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've all seen the blindside. We know left tackle is usually the best player in the team. Got to protect the quarterback. Right-hand is blindside, right? I don't got to go into all that. But anyway, he's getting, he's getting a tougher matchup every single week, and he's still putting up stats. When that is put into perspective with this guy, his grade, his hurries, his win rate, his coverage, his stats – he is more valuable than the tape shows, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, some weeks he eats, some weeks he doesn't, but every single week this guy's involved. This guy's involved, and th- and, and stuff like that doesn't really get pointed out, especially on podcast shows, especially about fancy football. So we're already on number 11 on the list, and I just wanted to commend Alex Highsmith, okay? Uh, any thoughts there?
1: No, you, you pretty well said it all. All these guys in this – uh or in the bottom half of the second tier and even the third tier are kind of guys that uh well at least uh, right around Alex Highsmith Redick and Josh Allen mainly are are the guys that you can't help but keep up there in those top 10 because on any given yeah. week they could be a top five player so uh, but then the next week they may drop out of the top 20 so uh, but at the same time most of the time they're doing they're Putting up respectable stats and having decent enough seasons that, you know, there's going to be plenty of times you're going to be right and there's going to be a few times you're going to be wrong, but you can't help but have these effective guys up there in in the
0: top. When when I'm this deep on the list, I'm kind of punting and I'm kind of going against the stats like Alex Ismith, this next guy. Stats kind of are deceiving. My next guy's Jalen Phillips. Okay. Doesn't Mm -hmm. look that great. Tackles. 21 tied for 12th assist seven tied for 24 sacks four tied for 43rd stats lie here doesn't it mm-hmm. but he passes the eye test for me Jalen Phillips when he's healthy and he's actually on the field that defense looks so much better. Okay, mm-hmm. meanwhile, who's he get this week? He gets the Raiders. Okay, the Raiders didn't make our metrics, but let's be real: the Raiders might be two and 0 under that new head coach, and it was his name, Antonio Pierce. Okay, but mm-hmm. the team has struggled to move the ball with that rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. And that's who starting that quarterback. And for those reasons, bad defense, bad quarterback play, I think that this guy, even though he's not in the top elite, I think that he gets a nice matchup. I believe the Raiders are ranked eighth as far as fantasy points given up to an overall defense. So, you know, when I'm this this late in my rankings, I got to kind of have to daydream a little bit. And I kind of think of, well, how do these guys fit a scheme, you know?
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and I mean, any of these guys, you're almost kind of playing matchups at that point too, because there's not there's not as hard of a line to draw between these these last like what eight, yeah. eight guys or so. So they're more influential to those favorable matchups, and you can that's where you hit on maybe some guys that other people wouldn't, because you're a little bit more willing to take those chances and 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 play those matchups, or you know, look into things a little bit deeper, and and you're not afraid to move these guys around.
0: And, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, the reason why he's so late here is he's he's hurt. And there's a questionable tag, so I don't even know if he's going to play. It sucks doing his podcast so early in the week because we really don't know it's going to pan out. But the last time he played Washington, another great matchup, right? Yeah, it was like top three,
1: top five, yeah.
0: It was five, yeah, it was five. They bleed. They give up 37.10 to this position. Last Mm -hmm. time he played, he had five sacks, two – I mean, I'm sorry, five tackles, two sacks, three hurries. He's got 11 tackles on the season 59th. He's got seven assists, tied for 24th. Force fumbles, one, tied for 16th. But again, like a lot of these guys in this list, you're playing them because of those nine sacks, which is tied for seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have a, a Kayvon Thibodeau in your lineup. And then my last two, I'll just do these guys together. Eric Donald, the Seahawks, Chris Jones with the Eagles. I never know what you're going to get with defensive tackles. You really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those quarterbacks do what? You know? What do they do?
1: Most of what? Say that again.
0: I'm sorry. Donald, Donald and uh Donald and Jones, I'm doing them together just to convey a point. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. they got they got a matchup this week at the defensive tackle position that's pretty sweet. They're going up against they're going yeah, up against like the Seahawks that. and the Eagles. Yes. What did we do in the earlier video? What do we know about those teams? We know
1: those teams are allowing a lot of pressures.
0: Yeah, and they run around with the ball way too much. So maybe a yeah, defensive ball. tackle. Yeah, maybe they can get in there. So you know, Aaron Donald, twenty percent win pass rush rate, double team sixty-two of that. Yeah, fresh coming off a of bye week, gets Seattle, who holds the ball. You know, solo tackles twenty-two, tie for fifteenth assist, eight tie for twenty-fifth sack, six tied for third. He probably he's probably going to get after it more than people think. Mm -hmm. I don't know where Donald ranks in most people's rankings, but I'm throwing him in there. And give me some Chris Jones against the Eagles. Again, Hurts wants to hold on the ball, do some tush push. That's sack points. Jones' win rate's not that great, 15%. It's better than average, but he's double-teamed 71%. See what I mean? Again, this is why we do this by position because look at his sacks. He's got seven tied for second. But if I Mm -hmm. was to tell you the man has five tackles on a season, you'd roll your eyes at me. If I tell you, you got five tackles at defense tackle. That might be kind of impressive, you know. Oh, okay, he's got five tackles. I understand, but he's um uh, he's in that he's in that classic one three technique. So there's not a lot of movement there. But right. that's who I have in my rankings. I'm going to share with the audience. I'm going to share with the audience what I have, and uh, any closing thoughts on these defensive uh, ends and tackles.
1: No, I think you pretty well got him laid out there. Uh, someone you got at 16. I like Matt Buki. He's been, I almost put him been in. Been I
0: solved. almost put him in, but I'm just not sure.
1: <laughs> he's got a great he's got a great matchup this week from uh, what I read earlier. Uh, but, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Lots
0: he's uh there. most of the season he's been leading that team in hurry sacks, pressures. Mm-hmm. I've been watching him, and I don't know if you watched the episode last week. Defensive tackle is great this year to stream. It's so great, and, you know, I gave a credit to a lot of that uh, a lot of that 2019 draft class with Ed Oliver and, uh, you know, uh, Justin Simmons, Quinn Williams. Like, all those guys coming in have really helped this class, has helped the NFL. But, yeah, he's right up there in the list. I think I would take him after all those guys, but still. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking for some sleepers in here. It really could be any guy. It could be anybody in here, especially uh, Joey Bosa, the kind of games he's had um don't sleep on mac mac's got green bay uh green mm-hmm. bay is a good offensive line but i did a couple episodes ago they're suspect to me they're in the middle of an ultimate test between yeah. defensive linemen and uh don't forget trey hendrickson trey hendrickson's in here i got him in 23 so um yeah there's some sleepers in here guys a lot of people if you notice i spend a lot of time on defensive linemen i kind of like talking them because a lot of people don't a lot of people say it's hit or miss no, it isn't. You're just not looking at the right things. You're not looking at the right um, scoring formats, what have you. You're just not looking at it, and it's fun. Defensive linemen are fun when you're right. It is.
1: It is. It's, it's well. Riding. I mean, just just <laughs> setting my start my lineups each week, trying to make these defensive line, uh, you know, just trying to play the right matchups and stuff. It's been it's been really fun, and it's you get such a great feeling when you hit on one. You make a decision like last. I think we were talking about Boy Mafe earlier. I played him over Quinn and Williams a couple weeks back. Oh, did you? Oh, that's great. And oh, seeing that hit was great. Luckily, either way, I don't think it would have cost me, but it just makes you feel good and makes you know or lets you know that you know whatever research you're doing is you know it's it's working at least to some extent. So it's just all. Uh,
0: I'm going to move on to defensive backs. I don't do a whole lot here. Yeah, we'll get a matchup. Um, You've heard me say before. I prefer a solo tackle guy than. Uh, assist guy, because that tells me a lot. Maybe they're in a nickel dime, they're covering down. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe it's the scheme. Um, I'm looking for a guy that gets me 90 to 100 percent. In fact, my top 20, that's all those guys. I don't want to take a chance, but I also don't spend a lot of time here because this is a volatile position every single year. And there's a guy at the end of this, and I'm gonna get hit with another one of these mailbags. I know I am. In regards to this player, so so yeah, um, it is it is quite it is quite interesting. Um, my first three, my tier one. Well, heck, we can do tier one and tier two together. Uh, I got tier one, Derwin James. Tier two, Cameron Curl. Uh, I'm sorry, number three, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. Number four, Antoine Winfield. Number five, Cameron Bynum. Number six, Buddha Baker. And, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, that may be a little bit, um, a little bit-esque uh, there, a little a little, a little a little, ballsy a little bit. He's coming off an injury. I don't know Ooh. what to expect. Uh, people are asking yeah. where you see him rest of the season. I think he'll be fine. But, um, you know, there's guys there that are making plays because he and uh, Neil are making plays too. I put him at seven. Um, again, with these guys, we just don't know until we know. But those yeah. are my top seven.
1: Any thoughts on those guys? No, I think it's pretty, pretty on par in my opinion. Uh, I would just note uh, with Minka, uh, you know, if you guys keep an eye on his practice participation throughout the week. Uh, right. Keanu Neal has been replacing him, and Keanu Neal's done very well in his uh, as a replacement. But he's getting what uh, what you've alluded to and and specified in the last several weeks He's getting a lot of those box snaps. Uh, over almost half of his snaps in general have just come from the box. So I think he's sliding down and playing some of that linebacker role. Just kind of a little quick tidbit for, of uh, information for maybe waiver wires that haven't caught on to Keanu Neal yet. Uh, but that's really only good, good. in the best sense if Minka if Fitzpatrick misses the game. Uh,
0: James oh, actually I, last week had 13 tackles, eight solos. So that's exciting. Uh, Yeah, you know, Derwin kind
1: of been up and down lately, but yeah, you give give him a good matchup, you can't help but put him up there in the top end.
0: It's so frustrating with these guys because you just don't know it's a gamble. And then plus we don't know what the quarterback's going to throw to him. That's why I target tackles so much here. And, you know, Curl also had 10 tackles. He had seven solos. So that's what I like to see. You'll see a pattern with the guys I have up top. Those are the guys making the big plays. Those are the guys that are out there destroying. Hamilton, too, he recorded eight tackles, eight solos, interception, that was yep. a beautiful thing in a touchdown Sunday. So He's yeah, one if of those I got him in here. That,
1: that's been just completely boom or just really kind of <laughs> middle of the road. I think I think you've even uh, noted in the past that he plays behind a couple of really good linebackers. So it's hard for him to really be a consistent player. But if you can find him on the right week, you should say so, anything. so
0: here here's who I got in this next batch. Tell me if anybody jumps out to you. I got number eight, Kevin Biner. Uh, number nine, Reed Blankenship, number 10, Nate Hobbs, number 11, Dax Hill, 12, Grant Delpit, 13, Hafunga. 14, Metellus, 15, Pitree, uh, 16, Ford, I put him on the bubble, and there's a couple guys on my bubble, uh, you know, the Poiriers, the Smiths, the Hookers, they're usually every week, but anybody in that tier two pop out to you?
1: Uh that next tier. Uh, my some of my favorites are in it. Reed Blankenship has been solid all year. One of those yeah. t- heavy heavy tackle guys, even getting mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. touchdowns here and there. Nate Hobbs I mean, is I mean, always. I mean, Nate Hobbs was on pace for, I mean, over 170 tackles until he finally got hurt. So I mean, when I mean, you look at Reed
0: Reed Blankenship, I put the stats up there. When you look at him, and a lot of people don't really pay attention to it, I guess. 100% of snaps all single year. Look at all them tackles he's getting. Um, shoot, I'll go back week three, seven tackles, eight tackles, seven tackles, five tackles, eight tackles, seven tackles. Week one, 11 tackles. I mean, what more do you want? Every week but one, he's at six or more, and he's gotten 100% of snaps every week except for six. What That's more a do great you want floor. out of that guy?
1: That's a great floor. Uh, and I'd be curious to see his solo tackle rate, uh, you know, mm. Uh, just how much of those tackles? Because he's been very—I don't have the most boosted scoring in most of my leagues, but I do know that he's been very serviceable, even in the leagues that I only have to play—you uh, know—a single defensive back. So I know that a majority of those are coming on the solo tackle line. Look
0: at Bayard as well. Bayard is kind of interesting to me too. Okay, Bayard just got to that team. I want to say—I want to say—he's been there two games now. Okay, and I yeah, really didn't want right. to get too froggy, but both these guys are in my top fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too froggy because yeah, I wanted to see yeah. this play out. But if you look at the numbers, it hasn't really dropped off, has it?
1: Mm-hmm. It's been re- it's replicating kind of what uh what Reed Blankenship is looking at, which is impressive considering you know obviously two safeties on the same team right next to each so other in the righties.
0: We'll go back two games before we came, and we'll go back two games after. So week five and six, hundred percent, percent. Week 8, 9, 100%, 100 Okay, nothing changed. Week 5 and 6, 9 tackle, 10 tackle. Week eight, nine, seven 9, 7 tackle, 9 tackle. So he's right there. Um, I, do, I don't like lazy analy- analytics, so I wanted to do a little bit more digging. And I kind of just wanted to see what he's been doing. And uh, can you see my screen?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got it broken okay. down, snaps by position.
0: Yeah, when you look at it, I was looking at what was he doing five and six when everybody wanted him. He was in the box a quite a bit. Okay, he was in mm-hmm. there 28, 27. Dipped down a little bit week nine, but look at week, I mean week eight, look at week nine. And they're on they're on what a buy in week 10, right? So so look at week mm-hmm. nine, 28. So he's back to playing that box role as much as he did. He's still doing the free thing. 25 20. Now they 40 week eight, week nine, 31. So he's still the same player. They're still using them the same way. I'm always a little bit biased. I'm always a little bit nervous when a team, when a player changes teams halfway through the season. What role are they going to use them in deep? Whatever they're using them the same way Tennessee did. And kudos mm-hmm. to the Eagles organization. They just keep doing this, huh? They yeah. keep finding players out of out of nowhere, and they keep just bringing them in. They keep bringing them in. So. Oh, and they have a
1: they have longevity for years they ought to be a great defense for years to come they got young guys that haven't even played yet that are outstanding
0: so i got byard at eight blankenship at nine i put hobbs at 10 which is a little bit you know risky but i you know they're playing the dolphins they're going to be targeting he's going to get points he always does if he's Uh, not in
1: the top 10 every week he's flirting right around it just on tackles alone man
0: 11 he'll you know Hell, they move him everywhere it's so hard to kind of gauge him um, so 13 Hufunga, which I've never been a huge Hufunga fan. I always put him at the back of the list, but last week he had eight tackles, five or solos, an interception, uh, on that 34 to three win when they pounded the Jaguars. So good job there. Um, <laughs> do you see the next guy on the list? I was trying to,
1: You'll did have you know,
0: did you see my tweet on Mattel's?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's okay. been he's been getting, getting all the snaps and putting it, you know, putting it to. Well, Two offenses.
0: What's funny is, for the audience at home, I went to NFL.com. I like this little sheet they have. And I think in an upcoming episode I'm going to do – I'm going to show you guys my tools because a lot of this stuff is free. A lot of it you could use. But you see how NFL.com does. They put the assistant slows. They put them together. So I'm looking at combined tackles, right? And I'm just looking at players, and I'm going down the list. And, okay, there's a safety. There's a safety. You
1: have to show us what you're looking at, Steve.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I um, I get a little carried away with these uh <laughs> these stats from time to time. You're all good. Anyway, there it is. So thanks for uh thanks for sure. pointing it out. But anyway, I'm on NFL.com, and it kind of shows me by position what players got the most combines, right? And I'm going down the line, and you know, um Bynum is is the top. We all know this by now. Everybody knows Bynum's a top player, but a lot of people don't know the sixth. Best defensive back right now, as far as combines. When you add them all up, okay. He's only got he's only got 25 solos, but 31 assists. When you add them all up, 67 combined tackles is Josh Metellus. For that alone, I'm putting him on my list. He's getting targeted, he's getting hits, he's getting the snaps. That's what I look for, especially in his scoring kind of format. I'm looking for players like him. He's very sneaky. Here's what kills me, Axe, and this is my tweet. He's got more combined tackles than Derwin James, Dax Hill, uh, who else did I say? Uh, Del Pitt, uh, all these big-time players that went in drafts. This guy wasn't even drafted, you know? So, it mm-hmm. just kind of just goes to show you this position's a bit of a mess. You can get oh, yeah. players all over the place, so don't stress it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, big fan here of um, – Big Johnny fan Collins. of uh, of dude. Yeah, yeah, for real. So um, so yeah, so my last guy on the list, and, and I'm just gonna gonna end end it on him. My last guy here is Jalen Peachy, Petrie, excuse me. And uh, I got a comment from the mailbag and they were asking me any thoughts on, on Jalen Petrie? Uh, curious who was a concern. Um I thought this was an excellent question too. I really did. Because if you remember last year, this guy was knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us predicted that to be, to be him to be a bust this year a little bit because he even when he was doing that, he had a big missed tackle rate. He really did. Um, John Macri over there at PFF, he actually put this as a tweet. Last week, Petrie played 72% deep and only 9% in the box. I should tell you something. You know, also, let's consider last year's team. They didn't have the linebacker core they have now. They have not one, not two, but they actually have three guys that are soaking up the tackles over Petrie. So don't expect a whole lot there. But, you know, if you're asking me what happened, nothing happened. He was on the field 100% of snaps. He blitzed a few times. He just didn't get there. Okay? He's the one guy, you know, he's known for missing tackles. But Mm -hmm. I would say this is more of a cautionary tale. This is why we wait on players like this. OK, mm-hmm. Petrie coming down and, and and being another DB, that's no surprise. And it shouldn't be to us analysts as well. OK, there's only one DB in like the last, I guess, four straight years. That's actually been consistent every single year. Mm-hmm. And it's not even Derwin James because he gets hurt. So it's Buda Baker. Buda Baker's been the only consistent guy. And to be honest, that might even that might not even be a lock this year. So just be mindful when we're crowning defensive backs. And the worst thing you can do in your leagues, you know, again, I should I should say, hey, watch your scoring. But the worst thing you can do in your leagues is probably take those guys early, not because they're bad, not because of scoring, but just because of the volatility of that position. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Most of the top guys have have come from the waiver wire in, in most of your leagues this year. So. Uh, I think with defensive back, it's more of a a thing where you just got to kind of ride the wave while it comes. And then after the wave, you hop off and and get rid of them to somebody else. You know, like a Petrie would have been a good sell at the end of last year. Uh, Just knowing that this team is going to come draft uh, help on the defensive side of the ball. And naturally, you know, Will Anderson off the edge and, uh, you know, adding some of these new linebackers and stuff is kind of taken away from the production that could essentially go to Jalen Petrie like it was last year when they were really hurting.
0: I'm showing the audience my full rankings in case they want to go mm-hmm. now now don't sleep on Ford. I kind of want to move Ford up a little bit you know Ford's a good player too. I'll tell you who I'm moving down the more I think about it Marquise Bell. Uh, if you guys notice if you guys have noticed um, Rashad Evans is there he's mm-hmm. been uh, he's been getting a couple snaps here and there which is exciting to see. so just be mindful of that. When you're talking defensive backs, when you're talking players, they're they, they're they're I'm up, I see me, they're down, they they come, they go. Um, you can literally most leagues, and I play in a lot of deeper formats. You can literally in most formats, you could punt defensive back position, and each week I can stream it. And you yeah. know what? Even if you tell me I can't get a save, whatever, I can still stream, I can still stream at the very least, I can stream a cornerback.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if you know Johnny the Greek. He's got the cornerback corner. He posts it. He puts out every week, and the guy's got about a seventy-five great dude. hit rate. Great dude. I have talked to
0: him. You know, um, I've talked to him in chats before. I've talked to him. He's a days. great dude.
1: Um, and you know what? what?
0: He's incredibly accurate. I read a report. He's like 89% accurate on cornerback. Yeah. I I think I
1: remember just listening to him a couple of weeks back and you said that he was at like 70 some percent I think, I I, I think he rolls 70 plus percent accuracy every year. So I could even, you know, a couple of things that I know just listening to his podcast that he says, pay attention to is you want these, uh, you want matchups for cornerbacks against offenses that have successful passing offenses Yeah. and not just offenses that are passing the ball a lot because there's teams out there that throw the ball 30 plus times, but aren't completing, but 15 sub 20 passes a game. You want those teams that are completing 20, 25 plus passes every game because more completed passes is more chance for tackles. And that's kind of leans into uh, one of your criteria for defensive backs as you, as you say each week is you want those guys that are getting targeted. You, you know, you you rip off your defensive backs each week and you talk about guys that have had the ball thrown at them, how many completed passes and stuff like that. Because essentially those completed passes are leading to these solo, solo tackles combined, to, you know, they're just leading to more opportunity for those defensive backs.
0: So so again, like Axe is saying, look at your scoring format. Because like mm-hmm. if I'm on a high impact, high upside big, big scoring leagues, yeah, Kyle Hamilton would have did me well this week. When you look mm-hmm. at my rankings, sometimes, and that's why it's it's a lot of contradictory based on your setup. I'm looking at guys like Blackman, Bynum, Metellus. There's nothing exciting there, right? But what do they do for me? They're there in the bubble. They're hanging out. They're gonna get those tackles. They're gonna get me them them, them garbage points. We call them garbage points in this format. It's one point five points each we each time. Each time mm-hmm. they they take it, they they get me a point. So yeah, I I kind of I covet those guys. But, again, know your scoring format, and we're trying to game the fantasy pros. So that's why I go after the players I do. Um, and on that note, too, I'm going to transition to linebacker, our final category. Um, any closing thoughts there, X?
1: No, I think we pretty well covered a lot of good information on the defensive backs.
0: Gotcha. So what I did here is I kind of, um, I kind of pulled, I was looking at it, these are the 2023 idp points allowed you know um for linebackers okay i looked at some other sites i looked at some other sites and they gave me some good numbers they gave me some stuff like okay here's yahoo i'll show you this one too uh can you see my screen
1: yeah you may may have to do something on that i'm just seeing the points allowed by position.
0: gotcha so when i do when i do uh, there we go when i do yahoo right they have the worst defenses. and They have a broke down. You know, they have the Giants, the Patriots. They have the Bears, the Jets, the Browns, the Browns, right? But what I wanted to do here, I wanted to kind of, just like we did with defensive linemen, I wanted to key in on those. Okay, I know the defenses are bad, but maybe they got a good linebacker core. Maybe they're just getting dunked on. Maybe they're just getting passed on. The Raiders are in it. The Broncos are in it. So what I kind of wanted to do is I kind of want to take these stats, the points against. What I kind of wanted to do is I kind of want to look at a little deeper. Again, I didn't want to do lazy analytics. I kind of wanted to look at this a little bit deeper, and that's where my sheet comes from. What I ended up doing is I ended up pulling, I ended up pulling the, hold on second, I ended up pulling by position, linebacker by position, uh, the most points that these teams give up. So the Giants are still there at number one. So we should be mindful of the Giants who's playing. Falcons are number two. The Browns are number three. The Jets are fourth, the Commanders are five, and why the top five are important to me, 39, 38, 37, 37, they're only separated by a point or two. So any single one of those, the number's tell me right there, any single one of those teams, it's a good linebacker matchup if I see it. And then going down a little bit more, it's still good. A couple points less is the Bears, okay? The Lions at seven is interesting to me. Because if you remember last year, they were the worst team. They were god-awful. They were god-awful mm-hmm. at the linebacker. They're at. They're still bad. They're seventh best matchup, but I'll take it. I'll take it. They're getting better, but it's bad. And then the Titans, of course, you can always pick on the, the Titans. And surprisingly, the Ravens are on here and, you know, the Rams at 10. But those are kind of what I'm looking at. I'm kind of looking at the worst teams, and I'm kind of looking at um, – I'm kind of looking at uh, – where, where am I going with this? The worst teams, and, I, and also I'm looking at linebacker in general. What are your snaps each week? That's mm-hmm. another big one for me. What are your snaps this week, okay? 100% is, is the benchmark. We want 100% linebackers, right? But also we want volume. Just because you get 100% and you're playing, what, 29 snaps? That's no big deal to me. I want the teams that are on the field a lot. You know, mm-hmm. that's my criteria there. I kind of want that. And I'm looking for guys. I'll take I'll take solos, I'll take assists, but I'm looking, I get double the points if I get a solo versus assist So that's kind of how I do my rankings. I kind of base it on snaps, volume, matchups, and then what are they actually as a player? You know? Yeah. So Absolutely. with that in mind, oh, good.
1: Oh no, I was I was agreeing with you. Uh, I'll, I will touch on. Uh, you mentioned the lines being uh, kind of surprising there is last year they didn't allow many points, many points to the linebacker position. I must want to want to kind of throw that to maybe the change in the running back uh, over the last year. I think last year most of the time when they ran the ball, it was on the goal line. Not, I mean, or it was just third and ones. You know, short, short uh, running plays. And because DeAndre Swift wasn't very successful as a pass catcher coming out of the back, and Jamal Williams wasn't known to break off for big runs, just punch it in the end zone or get you a yard. Well, this year now you're looking at Montgomery getting 100-plus yards a game. You're looking at a lot more successful rushing offense. And if you notice, it's kind of the trend with uh, a lot of these teams in, in the top end, uh, just whether or not they have a great offensive line. They have mm-hmm. most generally have great running backs that even with – a subpar offensive line, they're able to still punch the ball a few yards down the field and reach that second layer of the defense.
0: So the, my, my my first two guys, same tier, and it's no surprise, uh Kuhn and, and, and Roquan Smith. So Ola Koon, solo tackle, 77, that's third.
1: You're to throw, 22, your, you throw your list up for me.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, what I say? Assist, 22, that's, that's 14th. Okay. Uh, my list, is it up there? There you go. Okay, so thank you. Um, assist 22, 14th, interceptions first. He's got one, he's tied for seventh, force fumbles one, tied for ninth. What makes these guys who they are is their snap counts. I mean, he had 100. Uh, I go back the last three games just to tell a little bit of a story. So, 100 with 77 plays, that's pretty darn good. Um, week two, a little bit of a dip, 92 only 45 plays on the field. Okay. will forgive him, 100% with 78. This guy here is the linchpin in his defense. He makes everyone else around him better, just like Roquan Smith, 74 tackles. That's fourth. Assists, 35 type first. You know, he doesn't do much other than that for you, but 77 plays with 100%. Okay, 92% the next week. And then the following week, 100 with 78. Um, Both of these guys are very similar. Both of these guys are very similar in the way they, they go about their business. Um, I put another guy in this category, and, again, he's got tape that matches his stats, and that's T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards, to me, is right there with these guys. He just maybe doesn't have the name recognition yet. Solo tackles, he's got 79 that's tied for seconds. Kudos for whoever picked him up in the offseason, season. Okay. He's got a great matchup in Detroit. I just showed you that, right? He's got a great matchup in Detroit. Um, 43.30 points a game they give up at that position. Uh, Now, here's something I wanted to point out, too. Um, For assists, he's pretty good, too. He's got 26 tied for seventh. So what does he do? He helps out his teammates, and then he gets his own. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know that situation there. It's been kind of um, up and down. Been up and down with uh, with the injuries. So mm-hmm. so he's a player there, and he's right there with these other two guys with snap counts. He's at 64 volumes. That's 93%. 63, he got the following week 100. 60 at 100. This guy does everything, and he does it very quietly for his team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he does. TJ Edwards has been, he's been very reliable this year. I would almost say he's probably right around a 10 tackle average.
0: Even with the Eagles, he was good. And, like, he mm-hmm. never gets the respect he deserves. Um, Kind of the polar opposite is my number four, Bobby Wagner. He gets all the respect he deserves. He's just older. And, you know, he has those up and down weeks, like, I, like I've said about him before. But you know what? He really shines. He might not look that great on tape sometimes. Sometimes you'll see him get beat. But his stats, he knows how to put up stats. 67 solos on the season. That's sixth ranked. Assists, he's got 25 tied for 10th. Um, he doesn't get you much more than that, but he doesn't really have to. He's making those plays. They may be a couple of yards down the field, but he's making those plays. For us in IDP, that's all we want. And old man Wagner is getting volume. We talked about the 100%. He's got 78 in the last three games, 78 plays. The next week, 86% snaps, 65 so, again, that's misleading. You look at 86, you're like, okay, he's still got 65 there. And then the next week, 100% snaps at 61. So you're getting a player every single week that's in position to make tackles. I don't know what more you can ask for with your linebacker core.
1: Yeah, he's he's seeing a full game's worth of plays, even though he's not getting 100% of the snaps. On, you know every Most of the time he's getting right up there around 100 but you know like you like you just said man he's he whether he's getting 100% or not he's still getting about a full games worth of plays on any given any given week
0: yeah and you see the method here the guy doesn't have to be like a ray lewis he just needs to be i guess i guess the 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 best abilities availability right so he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like you know a killer name as long as he's in the position to make the plays and that's just like my next player my next player is aziz alshari uh, the next one down at 5 okay um the cool thing about him is uh just like these other guys he does a lot of uh he does a lot of the things in between the tackles in between wh- wh- where people aren't looking um right. he's always getting 60% or more of the snaps let's take a look at that um solo tackles 59 tied for 12 assist 25, that's tied for tenth. Interceptions for it doesn't really do much for you there. But look at his snap counts. Jeez. Um, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's take a detour. Let's go over to the IDP guys page here. You have okay. to pop it up
1: here for me.
0: Yeah, hold on a second. So we're going to go uh, actually. Okay, it came up. Good, good, good. Okay, so we're, we're going to go to the IDP guys page here and uh do a little second here so you gonna let me oh you know what who timed out on me okay let me uh let me take a little detour on that and get back in there sorry about that but yeah cool. so on the idp guys we're actually running a promo right now while i'm doing that let me just show you guys um they're doing uh starting on november 19th their subscriptions are now 50 percent off so it's a good chance to go ahead and um and maybe get some of these assets for your leagues, uh, if you want that mm-hmm. premium content, uh, we have it for you. It's available. Um, here we go. Let me go ahead and pull this back up. All right, so I know you see the screen, right? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, tools. I'm going to go to Snap Count because I just want to show you some of the neat features we have. Uh, we have yeah. teams points available by position. We have snap count, so I'm going to go to. I'm just going to show you guys what I'm looking at over here. And again, this is all available with subscribers and and uh, you know some of you guys if you come on and you see our premium content, I'm in the Discord. Ax is in the Discord. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot more stuff than just rankings. We got sit starts, uh, just basic conversations with with like minded people. But anyway, here's the Tennessee Titans. Okay, so there's snap count. Um, when you get down to Aziz, okay, heck, go all the way back to week one. 98%, 99%, 92%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 99 100, 94%. Every single week but one. He has 60 plays on the field or more. Mm. And that week that I'm actually being critical is week four. He had 53 and he was still 100%. They were just off the field really quick. But look at every single week, but one, he's getting 60% or more volume. What more do you want from the guy? You know, um, he's the best kept secret in probably every fantasy league that doesn't know the name by now.
1: Yep. Yeah. I loved him when I first got into IDP a few years back, and he was uh, backup for uh, Fred Warner and Greenlaw in San Francisco. Man, every he's kind of like Isaiah McDuffie's been this year. Anytime the guy touched the field, it was gold. Like, and so it was it was nice to see him finally get traded to a team where he'd get the opportunity and to see him do as well as he has. It's been great.
0: So, so the next two on my list, I'm gonna do them together. It's Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley. Now, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the linebackers uh, segment. I kind of compared bad defenses, and then I kind of compared. Let's take the linebackers out. Well, in this case, I'm going to do the opposite just to convey a point. They're going up against the Bills, okay? The Bills aren't known for being a bad linebacker core. They're actually 15th or middle of the pack. However, they make the list for bad defenses because of the last couple games, okay? So don't let the numbers mislead you. Something's wrong in Buffalo, and the Jets have already beaten them before, but something's wrong. They're giving up plays left and right. And then I want to say teams are scoring on them like no other before. So Quincy and CJ are big plays any given week. Put that together with it. They're in the the, the they're highly content contendable this week. Uh, let's look at Quincy. Solo tackle 62, tie for eighth. Assist 16, tie for 34th. Uh, force fumbles, uh, one tied for ninth. 73 plays, uh last three games 97, 56, 97, 63, 98. Um, and you already know CJ Mosley, actually the more experienced player. He's got similar stats. He's at fifth with solo tackles of 69. So you got two guys coming at you that can do solos. Assists 30, tied for third, interceptions, one tied for seven, force fumbles one tied for ninth. Uh 75 volume, 58, 60, which brings him to 100, 194 each week. Um, CJ helps any, any, any team with volume snaps because the offense isn't good. And we already, I already said earlier, the bills are the 15th best matchup to the linebackers. So either one of those guys is a good play any given week. Just add the problems, add the woes of the, uh, of the Buffalo bills as part of that, a part of the analysis Mm
1: -hmm. here. Right. Yep. And I will note that just for most of our listeners, we kind of were talking about how defensive backs are pretty volatile. Like, I mean, the top 10 changes every year. Linebacker is a little bit more stable position where you're seeing uh, some of the same guys from uh, year to year among the top players. So just something to note. I mean, if you're looking for, uh, if you're in need of a linebacker uh, or even an edge rusher and, you know, you can go after some guy who's kind of been barely on the bubble of uh you know pretty has some high games but he can't quite keep it together for uh weeks at a time you know those those guys that that we were talking about that still have those high pressure rates and high win rates and stuff but haven't been able to put a complete season together are good guys that maybe you might trade for in the offseason while before they get that that name recognition that you re- that you uh mentioned so often uh because that's when they that's when the value goes up it's when when people are put on notice so uh like I say, a linebacker position. If uh, don't feel bad for going out and making trades for some of these guys.
0: Exactly, exactly. And um, you know, moving on the list a little bit, we got a couple players in here, and you can put them higher because um, they're still in good shot, good matchups. Um, Terrell Bernard, any given week, is a top ten play. Any given yeah. week, just for the fact that they don't really have anybody else there.
1: Um, yeah, let's I take.
0: <laughs> What's that?
1: Productive by default kind of.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that and you know what? You just nailed it. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Productive by default. That's a great it's a great assessment.
1: Um, some some positions Wilson. are like that. Just being on the field can bring bring a lot of uh, production.
0: Mhm. And uh, on that note, we're going to take a detour for Logan Wilson at 9. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go over to fantasydata.com. Uh, I say this a lot in a lot of my episodes. Uh, this is a place where I like to go sometimes, and I like to get cheap stats. And I'll just go over the fantasy data, and I'll just look at some numbers and and um, what they show me. And I'll tell you what I see right now with Logan Wilson. I see a steady and I see a productive player, okay? Logan Wilson, each week, he just does what he's told, okay? He doesn't get you a lot of other, other crazy stats, but he's excellent in coverage. He really is. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, look at his week-to-week. He is. He's a pretty consistent player with the solo's assist. He's a solo guy, and he'll yep. come back and help his partners, okay? Six and two, seven and three, three and one, three and one, don't fault him, four and five. Picks back up here. Week six, eight tackles, solos, three assists. Week eight, nine tackles, two assists. Week nine, four tackles, four assists. Last week was a little bit weird because he got two solos, but he helped his buddies out with three, okay? The reason I bring him up, he's on my radar as a sleeper this week, and he may even go higher before the week ends. Okay, the reason I bring him up is he's got a matchup against the Ravens, right? A lot of people think the Ravens are great. They may be a real-life great defense, okay? Okay. But in, D- in Dynasty, they are the number third, and they give up 48.30 points a game to the linebacker. Why that's significant is because Logan Wilson generates 100% of snaps. Pratt is good, but he does not. He's more of a two-down player, two-down role. That, the way that defense is set up, Logan Wilson is, is in a prime position to eat this week.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's he's another one of those guys that that's just kind of uh, almost like a Swiss Army not for his team, not in the sense that he's just – Moving and playing all sorts of different positions, but he's just an outstanding real-life football player. And in doing so, sometimes that they have to play a certain role that doesn't always prove to be lucrative for for fantasy purposes. But Logan Wilson is definitely an outstanding uh, real-life linebacker, and he's I mean, even serviceable. hi right uh-huh, it's even serviceable now, more so I think than last year. He was kind of a little more spotty with his tackles, but I think we're seeing that consistency finally come together. Number 10 is Kaiser
0: White. He's kind of a neat play here. Um, I kind of mm-hmm. covered this in, in a previous episode, but any week he's up in it because here's why. he He's not only does – he hits all my criteria too. 100% snap count guy, okay, tackle guy. So He's got 62 tackles in the season. He's tied for eighth. He's got assist at 30, tied for third. Interceptions, he only got one uh, tied for seventh, okay. He's he's got all 100%, 100%, 100% last three games, 65, 73, 71, volume, right? But here's something else that's kind of interesting. That was kind of going over another thing. He is the only linebacker in play, and they run a lot of coverage. They do a lot of zones, okay? Whenever you have a one linebacker in zone coverage and they rotate the other guys in and out, what you're going to see a lot, like I guess cover two would be your best example, when you see a linebacker, playing zone, playing back. You're going to see a lot of teams throw short over him, and you're going to see him make a lot of clean tackles. Okay, That's Mm -hmm. what you're getting out of him. You're getting good IDP share just because of the way that defense runs, and we know we chase solo tackles here. So he's an awesome pickup, which, by the way, if that's not good enough for you guys for my number 10, he's got the fifth best matchup against the Texans this week, and they are bleeding to the linebacker, giving up 46.30. Again, Josh Woods gets in there once in a while. A couple other guys get in there once in a while. It's pretty much just him there. So expect him to get moved up a little bit as the week progresses. This is me on Wednesday thinking he's a top 10 play. Him and Bernard, honestly, are probably going to get moved. But it's so hard because it's so hard to choose the top guys. Another one i like to move up is Fred Warner at 11. Fred yeah. Warner, this season – uh you know, Fred Warner kind of developed a reputation. You know, good linebacker on a good team. You know, he doesn't really get that. I guess they used to say, "Acts." he's a well-rested player. Because, you know, he's on that defense. He doesn't get a lot of play. But this year, he's kind of shining out. 51 mm-hmm. tackles. Okay. Uh, 27 assists. Uh, he, three, four fumbles. He's tied for first. It's just so nice to see that. It's so cool to see that. Usually he'll split that with his teammates, but this year down the stretch, he's actually been coming on, and his matchups are pretty good. And um, <clears throat> I'd feel okay starting him moving him up a little bit if I had to. Um, the, with, with Fred Warner, he's going against Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't really scare me as an offense at all. Probably gonna try to run yeah, it see.
1: Yeah, it'd be a great, great matchup for him. I'll be curious to see how it plays out the rest of the season with that new with Chase on the edge over there, whether that affects his production uh more or less moving forward. So seems like it did find this last week.
0: You know, the bottom tier here, we're taking shots and what have you. You know, mm-hmm. I got Bobby O'Caraki at 12, I got David 13. Uh, Walker 14, Jones at 15. Uh, anybody stick out to you in here?
1: Uh, maybe Levante David. He's been pretty solid all, all year, surprisingly enough. He's been getting to the quarterback pretty often. Had some pretty, he's had a pretty reliable tackle floor all year, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, so people were bagging on um, let's pull David up. That's a good, that's a good point there, X. Um, so a lot of people were bagging on Devin White this year. Oh, he's having a bad year, whatever, whatever. Devin White actually had a foot injury that hasn't really been reported enough. But David, in his absence, has stepped up. Old man David. Um, let me just show you some of his game here. Whew. Six and two, solo to assist. One and one, nine, nine and four. Then he had five in week four. Then nine and three, week six. Week seven, eight and five. Here we go. Week eight, Buffalo, six, six solos, eight assists. Wow. Week nine, he does it again. Nine solos, two assists. Week 10, eight, three and two. This guy does it every single week. He's a sneaky play. I've been getting I've been getting I've been getting him late in drafts as my LB2 type. And he's been mm-hmm. he's been playing me uh some weeks as a low end LB one. Um yep. David sticks out to me too. And Quay Walker too. Don't sleep on Quay Walker. While we're here, look at Quay Walker. When he's healthy, there's Are not he so standing. Yeah, there's not too many people better. I did this a couple weeks ago. So I haven't uh I haven't full disclosure, I haven't really been over here on Walker, but but Quay Walker, man, he um he has like the potential. Him and uh I'll say I'll say Wagner's another guy like this. He had 17 tackles in a game. Yeah, look, week four, four, nineteen, yeah. ten and nine. Holy cow, week eight. I didn't even look at it. Seven and three, ten.
1: Uh, uh we, weeks, week two. So, yeah, look at that. <laughs> look at, when that uh, guy's what, on
0: he is on fire, so he'll always be in my top 15. And Jordan Brooks, too. I got Jordan Brooks somewhere on the bubble. Yeah, he's my 16, LeVu 17. You know, those guys are on my bubble. The Green Laws of Singletons. Um, here's a couple others that stick out to me. Bobby O'Karake doesn't really get a lot of love, and I don't really understand it. So let's break him down, okay?
1: Let's me break down Bobby.
0: Time, yeah, I'm gonna change it. Thank you. Um But, yeah, let's break that down. Why doesn't people – why don't people – maybe you can answer this. Let me pull his stats out. Okay, so we got Bobby, right? Bobby plays for the Giants. Maybe that's why. Okay, but I don't understand it. Solo tackle 66, that's 7th ranked. Assist 26, that's 7th ranked, tight. Interceptions, he's got one. That's tied for 7th. So what do we see here? We see the 7th best linebacker, according to IDP. Force fumbles, he's got two. And guess what? That's tied for first. So he can force fumbles. So what are what is he doing wrong? I don't understand. Well, let's look at the snaps, my next criteria. 100% volume 64, cha-ching. Next game, 100% volume 60, cha-ching. Week three, 100. Volume is 78 last week, cha-ching. Let me ask you, what am I not seeing here? And why am I forcing myself to put Bobby so low on this list?
1: Dude, I don't know. Uh, Last year as an LB2 (laughs) for the Colts, he Uh, was crushing it, crushing it as an LB2. And you don't often see, I mean, you know, of course you have your CJ Mosley's and your Quincy Williams and then your Bobby Wagner. I mean, you've got got a few guys that that are playing with some other top-end linebackers that are both doing well, but oftentimes – That only happens maybe for two, three teams uh, on any given year. So to see him do so well at the LB2 position, you got high hopes, you know, when he goes to New York and now now he's the main guy. But if you look statistically in the last few years, that position just for some reason, that middle linebacker position in New York just hasn't been very great for IDP. I can't remember I think Blake Martinez was the last one in his earlier years there to find to actually put together a string of I mean just undeniable performances.
0: Yeah and then we got a question from the mailbag and I kind of I kind of enjoy these so guys keep sending me smart. Keep sending me smart questions because I really like I really like answering these. So somebody was asking me in the mailbag what were my thoughts and questions? What were my thoughts and questions on um on uh Ernest Jones and also on Jordan Hicks those injuries. Okay, well, let's let's break that down, okay? Ernest for 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 all um for all intensive purposes, Ernest has been okay. Uh hold on, let me just go that. Ernest is um Ernest has been kind of playing himself back into it, right? Ernest mm-hmm. has been uh, um, each week been kind of steadily bringing it back up. So he's currently listed as questionable coming off that Rams Valley week. So I got him as my 15. I'm okay with him. So that's the good news. With Jordan Hicks, I don't feel good at all. He looks kind of doubtfully, and the guys pay attention Thursday, Friday. If he's doubtful, then he's probably not going to
1: play. Um, I actually heard Jordan Hicks is on IR. There it they is. On, uh, sorry, they would be gone for a few weeks. I've been picking
0: up. I've been picking up. I've been pace when I can. Um, yeah, I really
1: I've got him in Laker He's that.
0: That's gonna be that's gonna be your deal there with 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 the, with the player that you want. Um, and again, um, that was a good catch right there, Axe. Um, we do these so early in the week, so it's kind of hard to. Um, Kind of hard to catch them all, but generally mm-hmm. if I see a doubtful, I'm not even attempting to start that guy. I think yep. I read somewhere like 94% or something, some ridiculous number, 90 some yep. percent of the time. Those guys aren't gonna play anyway. So it was like so before even...
1: 2010 was the last guy that actually played those lists doubtful. I, I
0: want to say that. it was Marshall Falk too. You know, I think
1: it sounds right. So so here's my
0: list. I'm just gonna scroll down, let everybody look at it. Um oh, I do have to one... it back up in there. Oh, okay. I did have one more question. I did have one more question out of the mailbag, and I guess we'll end it on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason it didn't come up because it's not a top fifteen player, but I think what I want to do is I want to kind of include it in today's article. So, or in today's discussion. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and bring this up. Let me. Um, let me ask the question. This is from Jessica, and Jessica asks if if Pete Warner is any good. Okay, so Pete Warner is he any good? Um, I had to do a little homework. I I had to think about it, and I took a quick look at some of the stats. Uh, just trying to see if something would pop up about Pete Warner. Because if you remember last year, Ax, everybody loved Warner. Everybody he was, was talking about him. Year. He was, but when you really look at it, it was tackles. It wasn't really impact Yeah. Games. But the thought the thought suggests that, you know, he'd get the tackles, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, did anything pop up for me? Uh, the, the numbers actually look like he should be producing, and even more than he is. He, he has played only 50% fewer snaps than Davis, and he's not doing that well either for that matter. But anyway, and the snap numbers are pretty close to the league average on defense. So that's mm-hmm. pretty telling to me. His missed tackle rate is actually good, and that's where I thought the problem was, but it isn't. It's actually good. It's 5.4, which is actually uh, a little bit lower than Davis, but still. He's been sent on 26 blitzes this season, which is the same amount as Davis, and the blitz rate, uh, it's solely Davis's job last few years, so, so they're sharing it. He does drop down a little bit in coverage, but he isn't losing any tackle opportunities, not at all. Um Now, I will say this, the defensive ends are playing pretty well, and they're soaking up a few tackles, and so are the corners. So if you look at the way that defense bends, you got the slot corners are producing and defensive ends are producing, so maybe that's why. Maybe they're kind of vampire and stealing some plays. But basically, it really seems like he should be scoring more, and usually that means he pretty much will. His tackles are pretty solid. Like I said, his opportunities are there. So maybe give him a chance at the pressure rate of his blitzes and proofs. I can probably see that going up to an LB, you know, what is he, an LB 50 now. Maybe LB 30 if he gets a couple, you know, fumbles, uh, sacks here and a couple big plays. Which if you get him at an LB 30, he's not too far off, which is that's pretty much closer to, you know, where his value is anyway. So if you can get that, um, I think you're okay.
1: Yeah yeah i agree he he hasn't been as great as what we what we had hoped maybe after after last season but uh you know we still got we still got some season left so bear with him and, you know this defense could make some changes he could make changes you know anything could happen but he hasn't been he's been you know consistent if anything else even though it hasn't been a great high floor consistency.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm showing the audience, I'm just gonna show them my linebacker rankings and how I may have to it. pop it
1: up there for me. I'm still looking at IDP points a gotcha. lot. Gotcha. Hold on a second. Um,
0: yeah, I just want to show that to the audience here. Um, but basically, yeah, that pretty much covers the guys that I wanted to rank and some I didn't. Um I just want to thank the questions and thank you for coming on, Axe. I'm very curious your my take pleasure. on some of these players that I was thinking about. Um, I got a couple random questions for you. Um, yeah. What advice would you give – well, two questions really. What advice would you give You know, people that are newer to IDP but also as an analyst? What advice would you give a new analyst who's just getting into the field, getting into the game?
1: Okay. So new IDP managers, if you're just looking to dip your toe in the water, I highly recommend uh, just joining some best ball leagues. I mean they're very – they're very fun you can get you can get into as many as you want because of course you don't touch uh, once you draft that's it you know you can just kind of watch your team and and learn from it uh but at the same time while you're drafting you kind of get a feel for where some of these guys value lies and uh i think that's just a great way to really just dive in head first and uh, just get in and draft in the off season and just get a feel like i say for where where some of these guys are going based on, on scoring and stuff like that. And uh, that's a good, good start. At least Uh, if you can find any free leagues, I know the IDP guys host several, we had started several leagues this year just for new IDP managers uh, to get in and just really, I mean, jump off the deep, jump off the deep end. They're super deep leagues. I think you're starting three defensive linemen, four linebackers and three defensive backs. Uh, but it's just a great way, you know, low cost or free league. So you don't have a whole lot of pressure on you and you just kind of play around with it. Look at the stats. Look, at, I really go into uh, leaderboards every week. Go in and look up the, stat, uh, you know, fantasy finishes for your linebackers on any given week or for your defensive backs or look at uh, season averages and stuff like that. And some of these some of the stuff will lead you down rabbit holes and, and guide you to get information. Uh, but you know, just stay curious. So that, I think that's my main thing. Is you know, I I haven't been playing IDP, but since 2021, maybe two, maybe three seasons now. Uh, but the more curious you are, and the more you look up and educate yourself on some of these stats, and and try to find those guys like you would, much like you would for the offense, just guys that are uh, putting together good streams of of uh, of games uh, are good waiver wire targets. I love I love scouring the waiver wire every every week. So I guess I would just say, just, you know, don't be afraid, just hop in there try to find maybe some uh there's tons of, of best ball leagues or uh, tons of leagues out there for you to join. So just go ahead and dive in and, and, you know, you get a subscription to a guy, a place like that EP guys, you got us uh in your back mm-hmm. pocket to kind of help guide you, give you our thoughts and what we look for and help you help just kind of guide you through the whole process of it. So just don't be, don't be, don't be shy. You know, you got, Uh, in all honesty, I found that if you, if you can get some of your buddies in there in a league with you, you're with people you're familiar with people that are on your same level. And quite honestly, if you put in even a little bit more time, a little bit of time into just basic research, you can really excel on the IDP front uh, when it comes to just playing with your, with your buddies. Uh, i Generally, they're not going to do all of that research, so it doesn't take much. If you have a standard, you start six IDP, and you have a good IDP lineup, the minimum amount of research is all it takes for you to excel in your league.
0: And how long have you been a writer now, Axe?
1: Uh, I haven't written for very long. It was about when I started IDP, 2021, Nathan – uh, the IDP guys, the owner was in a Facebook group that I was in and he was just kind of throwing it out there that they were looking for riders and it didn't necessarily have to be people that are experts or anything but people that just mm-hmm. generally like talking football. Uh, right, and I thought that was kind of cool because I could sit and talk like you and I have for the last hour and forty-five minutes. I can sit <laughs> and talk football all day long. So I was like, "Dude, I'll oh, do that." I was a decent.
0: Don't listen to it. I've been telling the audience, you keep listening, you keep viewing, I'll keep putting this content out, and I'm always mm-hmm. trying to make it better. So if there's any ideas out there, and guys, you don't have to be an analyst. You can be, you know, regular guys. If you have a unique league, just put in the comments. I'll reach out to you. It doesn't take any skill to do this. I just started doing it this year. You heard Axe hasn't doing it, been doing it very long either. And you're one of the best. You're one of the best that I know.
1: Oh, I don't know if uh, I would say that. I I just, I loved I love the researching and I love learning more. You can't ever know too much. So the more I can educate myself, the more I become a better fantasy player and the better advice I can give.
0: You know what's interesting that you said, and I don't want to alienate anyone in the audience, but. I always cringe when you have somebody try to pull rank and they're like, oh, I've been playing since 2006.
1: It doesn't matter. Okay. If you're not looking at the right stuff, you're not getting the right information. You're not making the right decision. Exactly. So it's exactly. all about. Those guys about- there,
0: I'm always like, dude, you've been playing since 2007 and you're still in third place. What What are you doing wrong? Why can't you learn and predict? And so that's why this show is kind of geared towards. Yeah, newer owners, but also newer techniques. You know, Mm -hmm. so give me the newer guy. Give me the guy that knows the nuances. You know, give me the guy that's going to look at his scoring. And I cannot tell you how much it annoys me when people go into things and they don't even bother to look at the scoring or the format, especially in IDP. Context matters. You know?
1: Know your scoring. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're exactly right. So that's just a big. That's a big thing about in being in new to uh, new fantasy leagues. Just be hungry to learn, be willing to learn and educate yourself and, and gain the knowledge you need. And I could say the same for you mentioned, uh, what would I give an aspiring writer or somebody that's looking to dip their toes in the content creation field is it's just always be willing to learn There's There's tons and tons and tons of sites out there now that are willing to hire essentially for no background experience, you know, you get in there. And if you can write an article, there's editors in there to tell you or should guide you on how to write properly. As long as you know, the information, you know, that's really all that matters. Just don't feel bad for putting, you know, be confident in your knowledge. If you're successful in your leagues and you, and you feel comfortable talking about certain subjects, don't feel bad for going and and putting yourself out there and writing some articles and stuff. You know, I know when I started, it was, I, you know, I, I, I felt like I knew what I was talking about, but it was another thing to try to put it out there and give that advice to other people. Cause did I trust myself enough to put my knowledge in the hands of other people and let them do with that knowledge? You know what I mean? Did That's I trust myself enough to give advice to other people? So I kind of had that doubt myself, but all I can say is just, you know, what you what you've been doing and the research, you know, and the knowledge, you know, it's you know, it's real and it's there to be confident in it. And want that confidence and hunger for learning and educating yourself will benefit you greatly, you know, yeah, you don't have to be the- an expert. It doesn't have to come naturally. But if you're hungry to learn, that can do you wonders.
0: And that's one thing I want to compliment you on. Like ever since I got this channel and I've been doing this, I've been trying to bring the audience together. And I'm like, what what would I want to know? What would I want to learn? What do I have to give? And what what can I take from my guests and get better with? And just all of us grow as as a YouTube family. And and, and I feel like we're getting better as an audience. We're getting good quality content out there. But one thing I want to give you a compliment on, ever since I was doing this, you're always in my feed. You're always in my tweets. Oh, that was so good. Oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So so I just want to give you, you know, a positive vibe from from one person to another. Keep doing it. Thank you. thank you for doing that. Um, I'd love to have you back on. Would you be interested in coming back on to the show?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll be back. We'll make it happen. I would
0: love to have you back on. We can, you know, talk other concepts too. I had Mace on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about Madden, like just different kind of formats. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And yeah, you even
1: brought weeks. up a picture of Madden. I thought it was funny. I loved it. That was a great episode.
0: Yeah, I almost did that for the Saints because I'm like, well, how does this defense work? Well, the ends get the tackles. And I couldn't put Granderson in this video, but that's what he does. He sheds the tackle, you know, sheds the the blocker, gets the tackle. So that's why those guys are kind of – but I wanted to kind of implement that. Stuff we've learned. You know, make Mm -hmm. it fun. Make it fun for the audience. And I just wanted to thank you about that. And, uh, again, uh, tell, tell the audience where they can find you
1: uh mainly on twitter man occasionally i'll hop on a podcast here and there uh on twitter is where i share anything that i'm putting out you can follow me at at harding underscore three uh right now i'm running uh, i'm on youtube every week uh as you said earlier doing a short segment with jake and uh gary's helping us out there so uh if you like what you hear go ahead and, and check that out we get some good tips each week so uh that's pretty well it Find me on Twitter. Give me a follow. If you need to uh, have any questions or just want to talk some football, go ahead and reach out. DMs are always open.
0: Again, I'm excited for that show because you've got a lot of big, heavy hitters on there. And uh, we'll close the show out with this note. You know, IDP Guys Network, they're starting that new promotion. Update starting November 19th. Subscription is now 50% off. So go on in there, get out there, go ahead and talk to guys that just want to talk football and, 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 and be great. Okay?
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Steve. It's been a great time.
0: Oh, yeah. No problem. And this is going to close out the show. Um, again, you guys can always find me on IDP Hunter. Um, I'm on both. I'm on both Fancy Six Pack, and I'm on. i in the Discord as well at IDP, guys. Okay. Uh, we're gonna end the show a little bit longer, but we 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 covered a lot of ground this week. Thanks for coming on, Axe. Uh, I can't wait for Axe Hunters 2, Okay. That's what right. I do I'm this looking again, forward to next Ross, time. Thank you for coming on, and uh, you've been a great guest. Uh, all right, guys, we're gonna close the show out. We'll see you this week.
1: See ya.